This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Hi, this is Hugo the Poet. You're listening to 3CR, and by doing that, you're supporting community radio, an incredibly important institution in our times. Welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Bicycle Users Group radio program on Community 3CR, 8.55am digital live streaming podcast, tune in and a whole bunch of ways you can listen to 3CR. Thank you to Democracy Now! for the last hour of current affairs. My name's Chris and uh, Yarrabug, we're a little show about bicycles, riding and uh, related transport issues coming to you from the studios of 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. And we've just uh, had an enjoying a long weekend today here in Melbourne. Uh, this is the Labor Day weekend. Some of you may be down at uh, in, the, in the city doing the Moomba thing, which is gloriously very daggy in Melbourne. But uh, hey, it still, still goes on. Might pop down later and have a bit of a look. Uh, we've got a brief guest in the studio today. Morning, it's Steve and I'm here and it must be a public holiday. Yeah, because it's probably the very rare time we actually see you. Yes, or hear me. And yeah, we're enjoying our Labor Day, our eight hours of uh, not working. In this deregulised um, intern sort of... Uh, Zero contract, oh, gig, we... gig economy, gig economy. environment. Yeah, well, there's plenty of shows on 3CR that will go into those uh, topics. You know, people fought like crazy to have that eight hours of eight hours um, work, eight hours sleep, eight hours play. But we've gone back to, oh, are you awake yet? Check your phone or check your device or what shift are you on today? Uh, yeah. But, okay, let's get back to the uh, thing of cycling instead of industrial relations. Uh, today, I'm going to be speaking to Trees. Uh, from Freestyle Cyclists about that euphemistic issue that keeps coming up all the time of what do you put on your head and should you have choice to put things on your head? Okay, you should be serious. Or not put on your head. Have the choice to not put on your head. It's a very emotive topic here in Australia. Uh, uh, Freestyle Cyclists here in Melbourne have a ride coming up which is Stop Finding Healthy Transport on uh, Saturday the 17th of March, which is a very crowded date in uh, Melbourne's calendar at the moment. Uh, Steve? Yes, it coincides with uh, Batman by-election in the uh, neighbouring neighbourhood to uh, where the uh, freestyle cyclists will be riding. So those in in the electorate will be heading out to vote. And those... uh, my, in um, it's Brunswick, isn't it? The uh, freestyle ride. We'll hear all about it, I suppose. Oh, it's uh, Carlton North, but very Carlton close. North. Yeah. Okay, so Carlton North, and uh, yes, you have a uh, a freestyle ride and or spectating a freestyle ride. I think you've very well covered the Batman uh, by-election, and we should just leave it at that. 
And uh, we just had a lovely weekend of doing things and also going up to Kite to the Lost Trades uh, Festival Fair. Fair. And, of course, you know, knowing us, we have to go near everything that's got bikes on it. And uh, Dan Penny Farthing, Dan was up there. It's quite impressive, Penny Farthings there. You could get yourself a custom Penny Farthing. I quite like the uh, folding model. Yeah, it's a travel uh, Penny Farthing. Yeah, the wheels fold down. That, that You know, that takes S&S couplings to a... Yes, to back to the 19th century. Okay, very, uh, are you being sarcastic? No. Okay, look, I think without further ado, we're a little bit time-pressed to be quite honest. We'll get straight into the interview with Therese. And this is uh, quite good, actually, I kind of, in retrospect. I, 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 don't, I don't get critiqued my interviews too often, but we're going across some you know, fairly well-known, very well-ridden, well-trod uh, topics and teasing out the issues for have a bit of a think. If you've got a really strong position on this, most people go, no, no, I'm polarised, I'm over here. Well, have a bit of a think what you're about to listen to. Camp Anarchy is on again from March the 10th to the 12th, bringing anarchists, their families and those interested in anarchist ideas together in a relaxing bush setting to share ideas, skills, food, music and laughter. Workshops include Creative Action, Mischief and Mayhem, Cooperative Housing, Radical Parenting, Street Medics, Building Real Life Communities, Global Warming's Local Effects, Transformative Justice, Military in Australia and much more. For more info, check out www.campanarchy.org or search for Camp Anarchy 2018 on Facebook. Camp Anarchy is a 3CR supporter. Today on Yarra Boss, we use Group Radio on Community Radio 3CR. I'm speaking to Therese Weeks from Freestyle Cyclists. Therese, what has your group been up to in the last year or so since I last spoke to Alan? We've managed to get quite a new lot of members joining up. We've got about 10 new financial members, but another 300 people have signed up on our petition, another 2,000 of following us, so it's about 10,000 people following us. And we've had quite a few social rides. We've had, just in Victoria, we've had some, we went to Williamstown, a nice ride I did with my son along the Maribyrnong. We've seen a movie put up by Dr Sundance Bilson Thompson called The Cycle of Reform. And we've had rides in Bendigo, a talk put on in Knighton by, again, by Sundance. We've been quite busy since the last social ride. that's been going on like internationally to do with you know, helmet legislation and how other countries are handling this? Very few other countries have handled it like Australia has. Malta actually rescinded their helmet legislation. Helmets aren't required. People talk a lot about Denmark, but they don't realise that almost everywhere in the world, mm-hmm. except for Australia and New Zealand, you don't have to wear helmets. A few states in the US, uh, children have to, 
generally speaking, the rest of the world haven't gone down this path because it just doesn't work. Say with the Malta legislation, that was in like 2016, 2017 this occurred, that they rescinded? Yes. To reacquaint the listener with this topic that we're talking about, mandatory helmet legislation in Australia, we are a bit of an outlier when it comes to the sort of protective wearing of stuff compared to other countries around the world. It's become a highly emotive topic. Sometimes I think to the detrimental whatever side is trying to get the best possible outcome for riders. The thing that I'm completely aghast about just as a general observer is how emotive it becomes. But when there is so much research or empirical evidence of what this actually has done to cycling in Australia and what repealing it could actually do. But even though to some people that seems like a little bit of a retrogressive thing. It's, it's interesting to see this topic still being first and foremost in, in many people's minds when it comes to cycling participation. I'd say the main thing is the narrative. People like to talk about, oh, a helmet will save you from severe head injury because that's a, a visual narrative. What mm. they don't want to talk about is the boring stuff like obesity, mm. like uh, brain trauma as caused by having strokes. Cycling is actually a, and is often seen as an intervention against all the problems of heart disease, cardiovascular disease being Australia's biggest killer. Now, if you see it as, it's not, bicycle helmets make it look unsafe, but cycling isn't just safe. It is so safe. It's, it's a prophylactic, really. <coughs> I mean, when we, no, seriously, we, we had problems with lack of iodine. Yeah. And what do we do? We put iodine in all the salt, including mm-hmm. the bread that we eat. And so it wasn't a problem anymore. People didn't have to think about it. Now, with activity, sure, some people can go to the play squash three times a week. Good luck to them. And some people will go swimming. But people like me who couldn't be bothered and would mm. rather join a book club, if you cycle, you will get exercise without having to think about it without Mm. having to schedule it. It just works. Another problem is that helmets make cycling seem so dangerous to such an extent that some people are not wanting to cycle because they don't like the idea of it being dangerous. And these people are missing out on all the benefits of cycling, actually shortening their own lifespan, rather Mm. ironically. If you talk about interventions like fresh food, a great, great idea to have fresh food. Now imagine if we had a law that said, when you're outside the house, If you're going to eat fresh fruit and vegetables, you must have food handling gloves. If you don't, there is a $200 fine. Would anyone bother with bringing fruit to work or to the park? No, you just grab a sugar-laden muesli bar and think, oh, I'll be fine. That's a problem. It is highly unusual, the helmet law, in that it is going against an intervention and causing a lot more harm than it actually prevents. A stranger shouts, wow, can you? Well, check out the happy vibe. They're gonna ring up and subscribe. If you're 
ears and the three say, ah, oh, flap your ears. What? Who the hell is that? Flap your ears. What are you talking about? I ain't no elephant. Get out of here. This is handmade radio. Flap your ears. Get out. Get the hell out of here now. say to the point that helmet legislation or mandatory helmet legislation in Australia has been used as a diversion or an obstacle to actually building proper infrastructure? Do you reckon there's, there's been a verbatim switch there or do you reckon that's a bit of a misnomer? I think that would be a fair comment. What helmets do is change the onus of responsibility to some extent. When it comes to town planning and when it comes to when we drive, there's the emphasis taken away from the problems of cyclists getting hit. So is the user emphasis upon the user and not emphasis upon local governments, state governments, federal governments for creating a safe riding environment? Very much so. And also when you look at the way that people drive, if you look at other hazards, for example, if you are a smoker, smokers mainly kill themselves, also kill other people indirectly via passive smoking. To combat this problem, we've pretty much banned smoking in most public places. You can't do it in your car with the children, can't do it in the train, can't do it in the pub, etc. Imagine if we treated smoking the way we did treat bicycle helmets. We'd say, sure, you can go to that pub, but everyone is responsible for their own safety. So you must wear a mask when you go into that pub, a face mask if you're a non-smoker. If you're a smoker, you don't have to wear one, just if you're a non-smoker. And some people might find it difficult to breathe, but that's, that's tough luck. You must take responsibility for your own safety. And even if there's a pub or a venue where there are no smokers, you still have to wear a mask. Even if you go into a pub where smokers aren't allowed and never have been, you must still wear a mask. And this is the ridiculous situation which we find with bicycle helmets. You must wear a helmet when on the roads or if you're on a bike path where there are no cars and never have been. Children must wear helmets, adults must wear helmets. People who are just starting to ride, the 12-year-old on the road, or the person like myself who's been cycling on main roads for decades. It's making everyone wear a helmet under all circumstances. So it's like getting back to the analogy of the, going to the public house or the pub. Okay, the bartender or bartenders have an RSA. It's like going into a pub and everyone having to have an RSA to have a drink legally over the age of 18. Is that a similar analogy there, do you reckon? Yes, there is the idea that generally with a workplace, you might have to have special training or special equipment and then we are making the road because it is some people's workplaces like truck drivers for example making it as if it's everyone's workplace and then making cyclists wear a high-vis or encouraging us to wear high-vis vests and legislating helmets as if we're working on a construction site. This is not something that makes cycling look normal. If you need to put on armour and look like a construction worker just to go down to the milk bar to get a bottle of milk. Yeah, because it's completely different when you get into something like where it's at speed and motorised. 
okay, I can stand, I can understand entirely where motorcyclists wear certain particular mm. types of clothing because they're going at speed. Most riders are going no faster than 15, 20 K yes. to go about the normal business. And again, with cars, there is a whole bunch of inbuilt safety stuff in terms of braking and ABS, bags, traffic signals, all the rest of it. And have been built in to their system. Cyclists, we get nothing really. We get a little bit on the side of the road and all the onus is back on us for our own safety when it really should be a, a lot more evenly divided. Yes, this is quite a big problem. Some people have even gone so far to say, well, you're chosen to go on this road, therefore you must protect them yourself. And forgetting that almost all serious bike accidents and fatalities involve an automobile. 80% of cycling accidents, the driver is said to be at fault. So this is a situation where someone has a vehicle which is lethal and someone has a vehicle which is not. And the emphasis again is on the cyclist Mm. to protect themselves, which is very topsy-turvy way of looking at it and rather un- unfair. Well, it's a way of just completely ignoring the issue, which I can think from a long-term perspective of looking at various, you know, I don't have to do a long topic of this, but of uh, cycling plans, cycling strategies, all the rest of it. Very good, but never is there any kind of proper implementation or legacy. I believe from a long-term perspective, cycling has really been heavily marginalised because of helmet legislation. Not because people don't want to put on the helmet. It's also it's the bait and switch again of we don't have to build stuff. We've put the onus back onto the user. And there's so many things to do at reform or legal stuff to look back over decades where that's never been the case. It's up to society and our, you know, taxation, consolidated revenue to create safer conditions. I think cycling being seen as a bit easy thing to kick and an outlier for governments not to do anything about because they see it as all too difficult because, you know, <laughs> the algorithm is there's too much money to be made in keeping people in cars. These listener sponsors who keep the radio station going, when you become a listener sponsor, you get a part of this radio station. You get a little part of it. It's yours. You get a little share of it. It's 3CR Subscriber Drive, and we're asking you to show your love for 3CR. Support your favourite show by calling us on 9419 8377 or online 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe. $35 unwaged, $70 waged or $150 solidarity. Subscribe to 3CR today. People lining up uh, out in the street, uh, out in Smith Street and Collingwood lining up to take out their list of sponsorship. if someone gets picked up for wearing a helmet by the police? Well, they could give you a warning, but they could also give you a fine. 
and the fine is $198, almost $200. Considering that the offence of riding without a helmet doesn't hurt anyone, doesn't put any other person in danger. Now, you compare it with other offences, say, the worst thing you could possibly do, drink driving, for example. You're over 0.05, it's $476 fine, compared to almost 200 for not wearing a bike helmet. It's, it's a, a ridiculous comparison. If you are texting or talking on your phone, again, 476. Running a red light is double, just double, 396. Putting bikes at risk by driving in the bike lane, 238, just $40 more. If you're speeding up to 10 kilometres over the speed limit, it's the same penalty for not wearing a helmet. 138 and you can stop on the bike path and it's $95 or you can go within 10 centimeters of a cyclist a really close pass and not hit them and there's no penalty at all so put it in perspective you're penalizing people who are doing the right thing with a penalty which is far out of proportion to any damage which is done which is none what would you say, just still on the point of fines, but you'll also get like the you know, medical community will say, this is completely retrogressive. From a medical mm. perspective, they do have their arguments. Gets people going in the Australian perspective is, is they see this as completely irrational that you want to take away a safety aid. What would you say to that in terms of trying to kind of get some bridge across this divide, which I keep seeing between Mm. the medical things and people who deal with first responders with uh, freestyle cyclists want? What would would you say there? Well, that's a a very good question. There are two points. One is which if you go on roller skates or skateboarding or skiing or climbing up a ladder, it actually has a higher risk and more likely to, to have an injury then a head injury than if you're cycling. So if it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. Driving in particular, if we had bicycle helmets while driving, it would save a lot more lives than cycle helmets would. Again, it keeps coming up in this discussion we're having, is the inverse of what, uh, okay, legislation, the fines, the actual outcome which makes man, which you know is another uh, point of discussion, which makes mandatory helmet legislation seen as some cure-all or some legislation that will miraculously make cycling safe. That is the idea. You're wearing a helmet, you're fine, mm. and we get risk compensation coming in. That um, fortunately, it has shown that cyclists will ride less carefully while wearing a helmet. Also, drivers will pass, on average, will pass closer to a cyclist with who is wearing a helmet. And that's quite a problem, the risk compensation taking place. With what you mentioned earlier, with um, I mean, I can see the surgeon's point of view. If someone's going to come in with a head injury, they'd rather have to operate with someone who is wearing a helmet than someone who is not wearing a helmet. And that's a legitimate point of view. If you knew that you were going to, you had a set people who are going to be hit. But looking at the bigger picture, whenever you do any sort of intervention, such as helmets, you need to look at what are the benefits, which the surgeons can tell us about, and then what are the risks. And the risks 
of wearing a bicycle helmet is that less people will ride and obesity will go up. So while there are benefits if you're going to be hit, it is much better to set up the road uh, so that you're not hit at all. And that's, that's what we're ignoring. Look, if bicycle helmets were so effective, then if I wanted to make a video, I could just, you know, ride down uh, Smith Street and get a mate of mine to deliberately knock me off my bike just because I wanted the video. And it'd be fine because I'm wearing a helmet. Now, you wouldn't do that because you may not survive, you could get terrible injuries. It's, it's a ridiculous idea. Showing that a helmet will not save you from all injuries, but it can give people the idea that it's safe. And blame the cyclist for being there, for not providing themselves enough protection, rather than blaming the person who hit them or the engineer who set up the roads without having separate paths. One of Melbourne's longest running hospitals, St Vincent's Hospital, is turning 125. They're calling on community to help rising funds to support the vital work of the hospital by participating in a pyjama-themed fun run on Sunday, April 15th at Princess Park in Carlton North. Registrations are now open. For more information, head to stvincentsfunrun.org.au. St Vincent's is a 3CR supporter. you say as risk mitigation, mandatory helmet legislation has some inadvertent effects? Yes, I'd say it has had effect. In our actual behaviour of how we drive on the road, I've had some very close passes, even on a, a tandem with, with my son. You can see it's a child, but coming very close because that's all right. <laughs> He's wearing a helmet. That will be fine. Unfortunately, it's not a guardian angel, it's just a piece of styrofoam. <laughs> and we we put too much into it, and then too much into actually the layout of the streets. And to, to the extent, you go to the railway station, there's a little yellow line, and the announcer, stand back behind the yellow line. Mm. And yet when I'm on the road, some drivers will go closer than that yellow line. To me, while I'm riding, which is, which is quite a scary thing. If it's too dangerous for the roads, if it's too, if it's too dangerous for, for the railway platforms, then it's also too dangerous for the roads. We can't set up a dangerous transport system and say, oh, wear a helmet, you'll be right. No, that's not good enough. My choice isn't, I'm not so much pushing for the choice to wear a helmet or not to wear a helmet, but I'm pushing that if helmets weren't compulsory, we're more likely to have a road system where helmets were not necessary. To use critical thinking to recalibrate what the actual risks are and that our authorities should deal with them accordingly. Yes. So freestyle cyclists in the protest ride is nominally about whether or not we can have the choice 
to wear the helmet or not. But what it's really about is to remove the victim blaming when it comes to vehicular violence and to actually have the choice to arrive safely or not. Because at the moment, you know, I don't want the choice to be hit with a helmet or hit without a helmet. I want the helmet not to be a barrier to setting up the streets that I don't get hit in the first place. And the largest group of victims, which we kind of haven't mentioned much, are people who have been scared off, and I know many personally, a few who don't like the bicycle helmet fines, but quite a few who just see cycling as a dangerous activity and therefore have decided not to ride and therefore have decreased their lifespan, have increased their chance of getting heart disease. And these group of people have been totally left out of the equation. Helmet legislation affects everyone negatively whether you ride or you don't ride. It makes the streets more dangerous for everybody. Freestyle Cyclists have an event coming up uh, real soon. Do you want to give some details about that? We're having a ride on the 17th of March, which is St Patrick's Day, and we're meeting at 11am, if you're available that day, Park Street Cafe. It's at 815 Nicholas Street, Carlton. Come along. There'll be children there. There'll be people of all ages. Of course, it's not saying that you have to ride without a helmet. That's your choice. You can wear a helmet and not wear a helmet. On previous rides, on all their rides, some people choose to, some people don't choose to. We'll be riding off to the Abbotsford Convent. It will be mainly along bicycle paths. The point being that even on bicycle paths, you still currently have to wear a bicycle helmet. If you're interested in joining Freestyle Cyclists, well, a group of us are meeting at 10am at the cafe if you'd like to join us there. But the main ride, come at 11 and we'll all ride off together. It'd be great to see anyone who's interested. So basically, this is a really nice, cruisy, friendly ride. Your choice whether you wish it to wear a helmet or not. There's going to be coffee at one end and coffee at the other, I believe, if you're going to Absford Convent. This is just no one's left behind, really. It's a really nice, quiet, cruisy ride. It's a community ride and it will be very enjoyable. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you for your time today, Therese. My pleasure. That's all we've got time for today on Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio. What say you, Steve? Yep, it's been great. Hi. Get, get hi. out and ride your bike. Yeah, it's a bit gloomy today, but look, it's coming in autumn, so look, just get out and have a lash. Yep. So, the podcast should be up later today on 3CR, or go to our site, um, yarrabug.org forward slash radio, or go straight to 3cr.org.au. Also, if you want to find out more about news and events and stuff happening around Melbourne, Go to our Facebook page, which is Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio on 3CR, and we also have an events page on there, or yarrabug.org forward slash events, and we usually pop the new things in when we get time. Thank you, Therese from Freestyle Cyclist, for the interview. Steve, you want to... No, thank you. Okay, so don't forget that we stay on air, thanks to the uh, subscriptions and donations of our fabulous listeners. So again, that website 
uh, 3cr.org.au or you can call us on 94198377 but do it tomorrow because today in Melbourne is a public holiday and give substantial amounts of money and donations to keep this wonderful station on air. Thank you for today. It's been wonderful and ooh, up next is, I believe, another program which will be Jailbreak. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.